Alyssa Mo Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. <laughs> your favorite person, Serena. Serena! The Bellissimo Files on spin. And now your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. How's it going? This is one of my favourite weekends of the year because it's an extra long weekend. If you were lucky enough to get yesterday off and we also have Monday off and we get to have chocolate all weekend because it is Easter. So to celebrate the extra long weekend, we've got a bumper show on the way today on today's Bellissimo Files. Sienna Miller is going to be talking about taking on the tabloids. Her anatomy of a co-star, uh, Anatomy of a Scandal co-star, Rupert Friend, is going to be telling us all about the show. We'll also be catching up with Selling Sunsets, Mary and Romaine. They're going to be talking about that mortifying Dublin moment they had. Brezzy will be sharing his favourite things. And up next, I'm going to introduce you to our one to watch this week. It is Sive Scully's. The Files. One to watch. This week's One to Watch has been described as the Dublin teenager taking the music scene, scene by storm. She has just released her latest single, When You Love Someone, from her debut EP, Undercover Heartbreak. I'm talking about Sive Scully. Sive, welcome to the Bliss My Files. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Sive, what's it like when you hear compliments like that? You know, the Dublin teenager taking over the music scene. I think it's crazy. Um, I never really thought I'd be where I am today, especially so early kind of in my career. So it's it's amazing to hear those things. How did you get started and how have you managed to get onto people's radars? Because sometimes that's the hardest thing, getting on people's radars. Yeah, I think, I think I started out really properly when I was busking on Grafton Street. I think that's kind of where everything started for me. And I think that's where everyone kind of noticed me and um, where I kind of started my music career. What's it like busking? Because I often stand there going, oh my God, how do you have the guts to do this? Yeah, I think busking is very hit or miss. I've had great times and I have had not as great times, but um, it's a big confidence gainer for me, I think, because you never know who's going to be watching. You never know if you're going to have a really good day or a bad day, but um, it's definitely been an overall good experience. What's been your favourite busking memory? Do you have one? Yeah, I think there's a couple of days where a lot of the buskers all joined together and we did like what we like to call a superset and we all played together for a little while. And one or two of those days were probably definitely my favourite when we could all like collaborate and play songs together on the street. So how does it feel then to go from busking on the streets to turning up to Dundrum Town Centre last week and not only, you know, walking through the shops there, but going to Golden Discs and seeing your debut EP on the shelves next to the likes of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's crazy, I think, because when I was busking on Grafton Street, nobody is really there to see me. It's just people passing by and stuff. When I've done these events, like going to Golden Discs and people show up just to see me, it really kind of puts things into perspective because online you just see these numbers as followers. But when you actually get to see that those are real people in real life that support you, like that's such an amazing thing. And we do, like you mentioned the numbers there. And when it comes to music, a lot of us are streaming it now, listening to it online. But there is nothing like having that physical EP in your hands, is there? So, you know, when you did have that in your hands and you did see it in a store, 
Is that a different feeling to seeing someone download it online? Definitely, definitely. I think seeing people buy the CDs in person, even though not many people have CD players anymore, like you said, everyone streams online. So seeing that people came and actually bought a CD and seeing all the CDs on the shelf was just insane for me. It really kind of puts things into perspective. So what's the hope for you? What's next? Well, I'm hoping to kind of songwrite a little bit more and release some of my own original music, which will hopefully be happening soon enough in the future. And like my hopes would be to just be able to play my own music for people. Will we still be able to see busking on Crafton Street from time to time, do you think? Definitely. I don't think I'll ever give that up. I think that's something that will always be a hobby of mine. If people want to find out what you're up to, what's going on, uh, give us your socials. So I'm at Sive Skelly or Sive Skelly Music pretty much everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, everything. So it's S-A-I-B-H. Brilliant. Well, Sive, Good luck with all of that. And as I said at the beginning, congratulations on your debut EP, the first of many to come, no doubt. Before I let you go, will you introduce your track for us? Of course. So I'm Sive Skelly, and this is one of my latest cover singles, When You Love Someone, on the Bellissimo Files. Come home early after class, don't be hanging around the back. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Sienna Miller and Rupert Friend. They star as Sophie and James Whitehouse in Netflix's new series, Anatomy of a Scandal. The six-part series tells the story of a privileged politician, James, who's played by Rupert Friend, and how his life is about to come crashing down when his affair with his assistants comes to light and he is accused of abuse. I caught up with the two stars to find out more about this series and all about Sienna Miller taking on the tabloids. Sienna and Rupert, so great to meet you both. Lovely to meet you. Hi. Sienna, you've said about this role that Sophie's privilege both repelled and attracted you to the role. Can you explain that to me? Well, I think that there's a lot to condemn about her initially. I think that she's somebody who doesn't have much interest in anybody else's experience. She's got an agenda to marry the right man, to be the perfect wife, to be a great mother and to have that, those optics of perfection. And, um, and I thought that that was interesting to play somebody who was quite unconscious in their own privilege, but who really unravels as the show goes on and ends up as someone on a journey of real self-discovery and exploration. Um, so she is very different at the end to who she was at the beginning. And that kind of arc is always appealing to me. Rupert, is it true that you initially said no to this role twice? And then when you were asked the third time, you went, OK, I'll do it. Why did you initially say no? And then why did you go, actually, good idea? Yeah, it's not just that you have to ask me three times to do things, although that does normally work too. Well, basically, obviously, that if you're presented with the opportunity to play someone who's accused of this heinous thing and they're from this very entitled world, it wasn't a world I identified with or had any compunction to be a part of. And in the end, it was the challenge of trying to find a way into the guy um, who doesn't think that he's ever done anything wrong. And that where that privilege comes from, where that sense of entitlement and lack of accountability might be born. Given James's power, what Olivia did was really brave. Um, and Sienna, I'm not saying that what you went through was the exact same thing that um, Olivia went through, far from it, but you took a step in the early noughties to go, do you know what, tabloids, I've had enough. I'm taking you to court and I'm going to make you accountable. When you look back at that time, how do you look back at that? And what do you think of Sienna then? Because that was a massive step, Sienna. 
Yeah, I honestly feel really proud of it. It was not pleasant. I would love to have never had to go through that. But I think learning to self-advocate, learning to say that this is wrong and I'm going to do something about it, that was a huge step on a journey that I that I really look back on with, with pride because it was terrifying. Um, of course, those things are still kind of going on and... Uh, but yeah, it was it was a David Goliath moment, and we a lot of people contributed to to holding those people to account. And and you know, a newspaper was closed because of it, and that was that was a lot of people's fight, not just mine. But I'm very honoured to be, been a part of it. Rupert, playing a man like James, it has to bring uncomfortable moments for you, and it must open your eyes to injustices and imbalances that you probably don't know anything about. Not because you're ignorant to it, but just because. You just didn't know. What were your eyes open to during this? I think the, the, the bravery of people who do fight the tide, who do, like Sienna did, they take on huge, in her case, corporations, entire industries, and she's being modest, but she absolutely spearheaded that whole thing. And all of the young actors and pop singers and stuff coming up will I hope have a far easier time of it because of what Sienna did. So the, the courage that it takes to face um, either, you know, an institution or a system, whether that be governmental or a patriarchal thing, I think that courage is something that we all should applaud. Sienna, what do you hope people take from this? You know, it deals with really important issues. And I think that it it doesn't sort of lay them out and, and spoon feed what to think. It shows many people's different memories and experiences and recollections. And it's, it's, it sits in the gray space a lot of the time. And I think that some people will have different feelings about the outcome of the show to others and that that should inspire really healthy debate and argument. It will be polarizing. I hope that it makes people question themselves and look at their own past. And that's all you can really hope for when you're dealing with subjects like this, which are so interesting and so part of the zeitgeist that we're living in right now. Um, it can come out at a better time and I hope but it causes people to think that's the most we can hope for. Well, thank you to the both of you for getting this conversation started. Lovely to meet you both. Thank you. you. Thanks. You can catch Sienna and Rupert Friend in Anatomy of a Scandal. It is streaming now on Netflix. Let's go! The Melissa Files. What to watch. What to watch. Joining me on the line now with some great TV and film recommendations is our very own Deidre Malumbi. Dee, how's it going? It's going very well. How's yourself, Serena? I'm good. To tell the truth, I'm just excited that you're on the line. Um, <laughs> you've got two very different things to talk about this weekend. Will we start with the cinema for anyone who wants to go to the cinema? Yes, yeah, so I picked something of an unusual movie. This film is called The Northman and it is from Robert Eggers, who people might remember. He did The Lighthouse. He did The Witch, which uh, also starred Anya Taylor-Joy, actually. And this movie, The Northman, I think it's safe to say summary-wise, it's basically Hamlet, as in Shakespeare's Hamlet, but okay. with Vikings. Okay, let's take a clip. <laughs> did you find it? What you lost? In the house today, was it there? That and the more it's a nightmare. A clip there from the Northman. D, you describe this as Hamlet with Vikings. I'm not loving it. Sell it to me. Go on. <laughs> to you. I actually quite enjoyed this. Now, I really enjoyed uh, Robert Edgar's previous film, which was called The Lighthouse, which um, also starred Willem Dafoe. He has a small role in this as well, as well as Robert Pattinson. Now, that movie is absolutely nuts, but mm -hmm. I think that anybody who's trying to kind of get into his work 
this might be a nice one to kind of introduce you to his flavour because, like, it is still, like, really kind of very strange in parts and, like, quite violent at times as well. Um, I suppose because the story of Hamlet is actually, when you think about it, it is quite violent. Um, but for me, I actually thought it worked quite nicely. I thought the production design, like, the whole Vikings thing was absolutely stunning. I think actually part, if not all of it, was shot in Northern Ireland as well, which I think is really impressive. Um, a terrific cast as well. You've got Alexander Skarsgård in there and Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, um, and they're all absolutely fantastic. They do bring this kind of Shakespearean weight to their respective <laughs> roles, I would say. And, you know, the only thing I'm worried that won't sell you on it, Serena, it is two hours, 20 minutes long. Yeah, you lost me I before swear. even the time. Like, <laughs> I but I swear it's live by. No, I, I really liked it. I find it was like kind of one of those movies that you get totally lost in. Okay. Dee, I think you either, like, this film's either for you or like me, you're just going to stay away from it. Um, what are you going to give it out of five? I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Wow. I really enjoyed this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who is thinking of spending the weekend on the couch, uh, Netflix have released their latest binge-worthy se- uh, series, Anatomy of a Scandal. What's going on here? That's right. So this is Anatomy of a Scandal and it stars, um, oh my gosh, I've forgotten his Sienna name. Sienna Miller and Rupert Friend. Yep. <laughs> and Sienna Miller and Naomi Scott. Uh, they're all absolutely fantastic in this. So essentially we followed this British politician who is accused of sexual assault and gradually all these secrets emerge about not only his, ca- his past but also his wife and his victims. Let's take a clip. Sometimes I think I'm partly to blame. I let things slide. Making this right is all I care about. I didn't question little things when I should have. Won't your wife be wondering where you are? She trusts me. A clip there from Anatomy of a Scandal. And if you missed it, we just had Sienna Miller and Rupert Friend on the show. But you can get it back up on our website, spin1038.com. Dee, what did you think of this? I quite enjoyed it. I mean, I did find I did, like, binge um, throughout it, but I know that you and I were kind of talking off the show that maybe, like, it was, like, a little bit too long, but at the same time, I think it is just one of those shows that is probably going to come and go on Netflix. Like, everybody is going to watch it. In terms of, like, how, you know, kind of entertaining it is, I found it kind of, I don't know if it quite dealt with the quite heavy topic of sexual assault in kind of the best way possible, but I suppose it wasn't really trying to do that either. It is just trying to be compelling television, and I think it was that anyway. Um, and I mean, the lead actors in it—they're all just so, brilliant. so terrific in that ca- in in their respective roles. Even if the script is kind of it's not a hundred percent there, maybe you could have done like with a bit more of a like her, a thorough run through or something. Yeah. Um, but I still, I still, I still liked it for the most part. I would say, yeah, yeah I think it's worth checking out at least once. You know? oh, yeah, I'm with you. It probably should have been four episodes rather than six, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't check it out. If, if you want mm-hmm. something to binge this weekend, that might be the one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'd give this three and a half out of five stars. Brilliant. DJ Malumbi, thank you so much for that. Um, we're going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your long weekend and enjoy all the chocolates that come with it. Oh, thanks so much, Serena. You have a good one. Thanks, D. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite thing. Joining me to share his favourite things is musician and podcaster Brezzy. He's been busy with his chart-topping podcast, Where Is My Mind and Wake Up, Wind Down. But he's also been making new music with the Blizzards. Their fourth studio album, Sometimes We See More in the Dark, is out on the 14th of May. And on the same day, the band has just announced that they're playing their biggest headline show in three years at the Academy. Here's Brezzy. Brezzy, welcome to the show. 
Thank you very much. How are you getting on? Good. How are you? How exciting is it to be releasing your fourth studio album? Yeah, we, like like most bands, there was very little we could do for the last three years. It was pretty difficult stuff now not to be able to gig. Uh, that's a big thing because even gigging allows you to road test music. Yeah. We just had to kind of back what we wanted to do. So we went back into the kind of garage band vibe of what we wanted, plug in and play. Like we spent the last year and a half just writing and recording and feeling very lucky that we could do that, you know. And so that's what we did. We wrote another album and I'm delighted we did that because it would have been a t- much tougher two years without yeah. that. Was it fun though to not have all these voices at you and sort of sit there and trust your gut and just do stuff that you and the band really, really loved without anyone else's input? I think the biggest thing I advise, I try to say to younger bands is you can get very quickly tainted by this industry and other people's agendas. You start to try and change yourself to fit into that. And as you kind of kind of go through the industry a bit, you kind of realize how empty that can make you feel and how difficult that is. So we were like, let's not do that. Let's actually just go back to first principles of what we are and what we love, even lyrically. And we did. And some of the songs, even the title, sometimes we see more in the dark is kind of inspired by what we've all gone through and you know as horrible and difficult as it was you learn a hell of a lot more about yourself in those situations you guys are playing the blizzards are playing their first headline show in three years how does that feel dublin shows are always a big big deal for us as well like we're not from dublin but we haven't gigged in a while and it's the thing we're most kind of proud of it's the thing that we take value the most is our live shows we put a hell of a lot into them in terms of energy but the Academy and the Olympia are, are two of my favourite venues in the country. The Academy's a real rock venue. We love it. And how can people get their hands on tickets? Dublin's Academy on the 14th and all tickets are on Ticketmaster.ie. Well, it's exciting times. But before you go out onto the road um, gigging and promoting your new album, let's get to know a bit more about you three favourite things. Are you ready? Nope. I'm terrible at favourite things because I, I change my mind a lot, but I'm going to do my best to be honest in this moment. Okay, okay. so today, what TV show are you obsessing over? I am watching Archive 81 at the moment, which is a really strange, strange, hard to understand. But I'm watching on Netflix at the moment. Is it a documentary oh. or is it a series? No, it's fiction. Over the pandemic, don't don't ask me why, I've become kind of obsessed with horrors. I think it's oh just because God. it starts to make you feel better about what you're all going through. And you're like, oh, well, at least I'm not going through that. <laughs> and I think Archive, it's not quite horror, but it's very, yeah, it's very weird and creepy. If you had to choose a movie to watch today, what would that movie be? I always like watching movies I've seen before. I think it's very comfortable to watch yeah. do that because you don't have to use your brain. There's two films I always return to just for that comfort. One of them's Napoleon Dynamite and that the other brilliant. And the scene, the dance scene at the end is one of the most you know, heart lifting moments I've in a film. And then me, myself and Irene, I think is a film that when I first watched it, I was like, that is the easily the greatest comedy performance of all time. Yeah. Um, sorry, since you mentioned Napoleon Dynamite, all I'm seeing now in my head is the dance scene and wondering if you're going to pick up any pointers of the, uh, from that dance scene and take it on your tour. <laughs> I am a horrific dancer. Don't know what happens. I got good timing. I can play the drums. I can do everything. Somebody always gets hurt when I dance and it's never me. <laughs> Favourite album? Tom Waits' Closing Time. Every day. It is a very special record. I remember in living in London, I was going through a really dirty bout of insomnia. 
if you listen to it, it sounds like a, a drunk lad in some whiskey bar in New York trying to play the piano. And I just pretended that's where I was. I close my eyes and I pretend I'm in some bar. And every single night I started to listen to the album like that, I'd fall asleep. And that became my insomnia treatment. <laughs> so it gets you out of your head. Um, usually I ask people what their favourite podcast is. But before I do this, I need to congratulate you on your two podcasts, uh, Worries My Mind and Wake Up Wind Down. When you started those out, did you think you would be what those podcasts would be where they are at today no I mean Wake Up Wine Down was started on Instagram that was just I was doing meditations at the very start of the lockdown I think everybody just hit this really terrified mode of what is going on here and all I said was like I've been studying it for the last four or five years of all this kind of knowledge around mindfulness why can't I get it to people somehow it was just literally uh, to help people sleep really it was it and, and it just became so big so quickly but then the where's my mind has been going for about three years and everyone thinks it's a mental health podcast it isn't it's a cultural podcast it's like what is going on around us and how does it influence how we feel about ourselves so what podcast do you listen to I like true crime podcasts but also I love good storytelling I think that is the one thing I, I do love I love a good story and I love a good visual story that's audio that you can actually create in your own head yeah. but I think the one I listen to the most is Sam Harris you know in your background in psychology and neuroscience he breaks it down to, to the real the meat of the conversation. What app can't you live without? Oh, probably the obvious one is Google Maps because my sense of direction <laughs> is, is I'm with you, Brizzy. Here's one for you, though. When you get onto Google Maps, do you know straight away which direction you need to be going in? It does that weird thing and you start, you're that weird lad in the middle of the street who's just doing circles, <laughs> trying to figure out which way is this. And then you get dizzy and then you don't know which way you're going at all. <laughs> I think the other thing, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be controversial here, I set up a TikTok page. The, what TikTok to me is, is our subconscious. Everything we can't believe or think, it, it's there. Everything. Yeah. But um, what I did is I, I set it up as a mindfulness kind of TikTok. As what can I, can I bring a bit of peace to people? And I have a, a really good relationship with it because I just get on it. I put my thing up and I get off it. I don't go down that rabbit hole because it, let's face it, it is so much fun. <laughs> Like, it's yeah. so entertaining. And I think it's because my algorithm is, I love comedians, so I'm always just on comedians and stuff like that. So I, I think this is a really clever app. I think this got serious problems, of course. But uh, what I'm trying to do is to bring a bit of light to it. I'm able to, I'm doing like mindfulness masterclasses on it. I'm doing stuff like that. Favourite account to follow on TikTok then? Uh, my favourite account is Francois, I can't pronounce his second name, the train spotter. I always get his second oh, name. Oh, he is, yeah, good luck with his second it, name. He is brilliant. It's just a pure joy and the innocence. And even now he's starting to become an influencer. He's getting all this money and I'm like, good for him. And I just adore him. It's being truly himself. Um, and finally, Brezzy, your favourite thing to do on a weekend? Oh God, I, I, so my weekends have got a hell of a lot more bo boring over the last couple of years. Uh, I, I bought a house, so I, I like doing it up. I actually enjoy DIY. I, I am that guy now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I am, I am that guy now and I really enjoy it. I think it's such a lovely thing to do. But more than anything, I love sitting on my arse and doing nothing. Really? And not feeling guilty about it. I love yeah. it. I just love sitting on my arse going, actually, I need to do this and letting everything go. Yeah, I like that advice. Brezzy, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck with the new album and good luck with the, the, your first headline gig back after three years. Thanks a million. And you're my first interview I've had about a gig wow. in three years. Yeah. Before I let you go, Brezzy, will you introduce your track for us? 
So this is the Blizzards, Friction Burns, the first single of the new album. Sometimes we see more in the dark on the Bellissimo Files. I this is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Selling Sunset fans are very excited because on the 22nd of April, April, all of the drama and the glam is back. Um, Netflix season five, it premieres on the 22nd of April and two of the stars of the show are Mary and Romaine. They were here in Dublin. I think it was around Christmas time. I didn't get to catch up with them then, but I am catching up with them now. How are you guys? We're good. Before we even go anywhere near Selling Sunset, you know we're going to have to talk about your trip to Ireland. You guys were here uh-huh. only recently. You seem to cram so much into such a short stay. <laughs> what are your favourite memories of your stay here? Um, Everything. Like, the people were so nice. Like, we're such a, an amazing time and we're just, like, walking around because we didn't know anything. That was the first time for us and yeah. that was just so nice here to just walk around. Does it shock you? Like, I know you know how successful Selling Sunset is, but when you do leave LA and you do go to places like Ireland and London, you're walking down the street and people are going, Mary, remain. Uh, That's the last thing you expect to hear. Does that shock you? Uh, wait, can I tell a funny story? Come it's on, so funny. End of them. Yes, um, yes, it does shock me. We were staying at, what was the hotel called? It was amazing. The Marion uh, Hotel? Yes, that, that's it. We loved it. And we didn't, we forget that people might come. And we were like, oh my God, this hotel's amazing. Trying to. You know, I don't think we, we, we knew that was popular and everything, and even in Ireland, but I, did, I had no idea how much. Yeah. And so, and it's true that we said, like, uh, when we were in London, we didn't say where the, uh, right away where we were staying. But when we came to uh, Dublin, like, yeah, we, we said forgot. it, and then it just <laughs> came, you know, out of our head. And I, and the windows, we had a front facing um, suite, and the windows were facing, obviously, the street. And so I go into the restroom and unbuttoning my pants and and then I look down and then they're like ah like there's people outside so me, I was a the street, of yeah. a second away from just dropping my pants and I was like oh my god I closed the curtains I was like because you know the beautiful old windows they go like really low so you would have been able to see everything I never thought about that now I'm very, very cautious. Selling Sunset Season 5 is coming back. Um, Mary, congratulations. You have a new job within the Open Home Group. Vice President? Vice President, yeah. That's massive. How are you feeling about that? I'm very happy about it. You know, it's a lot to take on, especially when we're filming because, you know, I think things get amped up with some of the cast members and, and I'm the one that has to now keep them in control and and that is a near impossible job mm-hmm. but it's gone over better than I expected with most of the girls I mean they just they understand and it doesn't have any weirdness between our friendship and the professional now there's a brand new cast member joining this season yeah. Chelsea yeah. from the trailer it looks like mm-hmm. her and Christine are getting very close what can we so, expect yeah. from the two of them? I actually like Chelsea. Um, I, I was very concerned in the beginning because Christine is the one that originally kind of introduced her to us. And so I'm very protective of the agents and, and of our friendships and everything at the at the office. And so, I, I mean, any, we cannot do any more drama. There's 
plenty. I'm not, I'm not allowing anymore. I'm like, if, if I'm in charge, like with Jason, I was like, I will put my foot down. There's not going to be any more chaos. And so I was hesitant, but she's actually, she's a huge personality. She's actually very, very nice. I do agree. I saw the trailer and I mean, I don't know her super well, but from what I have seen of her and what I've talked to her about, I don't think she's exactly like that. I think she was probably just having fun with Christine or something and saying it, not realizing like how it could come off, but she's, she's actually a very sweet girl. I think she's going to do really, really well. She just has to keep her head about her and not get sucked into the drama. There's a lot of glam in this show. The houses are, wow, like this is house porn big time. But then the outfits are like, I look at you guys and just go, oh, my God, they get that dressed up for work. But then I read somewhere (laughs) where you said creator Adam, and look, this could have been taken out of context too, but Creator well, Adam, I know what you're going to say, and yeah, it was like, taken out of context. That's what I said, right? Yeah, like, please, please do tell me that he does not insist you wear heels on the show because I'm just like, really? You try walking around for an hour in those heels, Adam, and then we will talk. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll say he definitely prefers that we wear heels, but um, no, what, what I was saying that. It was more like, I mean, if they are like, if they're nice, like if they're like Chanel boots, like flat boots or, or flats or something like that, he's not going to have a problem with that. But if we come in with like granny um, flats, then he's going to be like, uh, no, no, that's not, that's not going to work. You need to change those. But other than that, we just dress like ourselves and, and I mean, we don't wear heels all day, every day, but Thank we're God. Being we, we typically, like, we'll have our heels on, we'll walk around, and then we get to the car, take them off and throw our flip-flops or flats on to save our feet. Before I let you guys go, I was creeping on both your Instagrams and Mary, a recent post. There's a photo of you and under it, the caption says, it's only up from here. Such amazing things coming soon. I can't wait to share with you. I know you're not going to tell us everything, but can you give us a bit of a tease about what amazing things are on their way? Nope. Um, there's there's a lot of amazing things coming up um, for me personally for us together um, I think at uh, for work I mean there's a lot of things on the horizon and that we're very excited about just waiting to finalize everything before we are able to share Okay, and that's totally understandable. We will just keep creeping on your socials for you guys to make those announcements. Walk away. (laughs) Mary and Romaine, it was great to talk to you both and hopefully we'll have you back here in Ireland really soon. I hope so. You can watch Season 5 of Selling Sunset. It premieres on Netflix on the 22nd of April. Break it down. The Melissimo Files. What did I miss? Producer Aoife is with me in the studio. And Aoife, this week's been a bit of a slow week, but there's still a few things that we've missed. Do you know what? It's that kind of thing we always think. It's a slow week and then you go, oh, actually, I have these things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, of course, one of the biggest events of the week, I was I didn't get to watch it on Tuesday because I had things to do, but I watched it on Wednesday pre, uh, pre-recorded, is Derry Girls is back. It was such a good episode. Did you get to watch it? I, like you, only watched it two days ago. Yeah. And I, I, can't, oh, I don't want to spoil it for people, but that cameo 
I know. Was <laughs> so good. And I knew about it going in, but I, I was know. so happy to see him on screen. It was one of those uh, occasions where I was like, oh, Twitter, you have ruined things on me again because all the next day, all I saw was about the cameo and... Yeah, I knew going in, but it was still great to see but, the person there. And and when you saw him, did you still go, oh, oh, it's you, yeah. even though yeah. you knew. But no, <laughs> it is brilliant. But we know, Aoife, that there's six episodes. There's only five more to go and the Dairy Go Girls is over. Or is it, Aoife? Well, I think this version of Dairy Girls that we know will be over. But two of the most favourited characters in it, Ma Mary and Aunt Sarah, I feel like we haven't got to see enough of them. And I think, from what I hear, Lisa McGee thinks the same. Apparently at the premiere of the uh, of the season, she was speaking, saying that she wants to do a spin-off series with Ma Mary and Aunt Sarah, but have them as detectives. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch. Would you watch? I would absolutely watch. It sounds so ridiculous, but I love it. So, yeah, I really hope we get that. She's keeping very tight-lipped, though, no matter we're going to get a movie or not. So we will see. But, okay. uh, yeah, Ma Mary and Aunt Sarah combined with, like... Crime, amazing! <laughs> yes, I love it. That's that's type of crime series <laughs> I'd like to watch. What else have you got for us, Aoife? So we're all going to be indulging this weekend. Oh, I yeah. cannot wait to get stuck into some Easter eggs tomorrow. Are you the kind of person tomorrow? Eat? Sorry, have you already started? Yeah. It's Easter week. I was just about to ask you that. Okay, okay. Well, I won't start till tomorrow. I'm very good. Will yeah. you start with breakfast? Will you oh, have yeah. Yeah, yeah. Easter egg for breakfast? One hundred percent. But. <laughs> I'm very good at waiting until Easter Sunday. But maybe that's why this happens to me. I always end up with loads of leftover chocolate as the week goes on. No, that's why you need to... That's my excuse for starting early. Although I've got like little nieces and nephews that I have to give Easter eggs for <laughs> too. We may be going shopping to see if I can get, get some, some more. more. Yeah. Well, apparently the shelves are empty, so you'd want to get oh, there no. quickly. But so if you are like me and end up with lots of leftover chocolate, there's so much you can do with it. Oh, come on, spill. I'm really excited. So I have a plan... I think I might do it on Monday. I'm going to make, I'm going to take, I've seen the recipe online. I'm going to break an Easter egg in half. Yeah. And fill each half with cheesecake. Okay. So it's cheesecake, but it's in an Easter egg. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be really excited about that. Um, yeah. Okay. That, that could be, I, I'll give it a try and I could be excited next week. Do you know yes. what I'm going to do? I saw Marty do this on his stories where you actually get a waffle maker, a jaffle maker, what do you call them? You know, where you put your bread into... For like the triangle sandwiches? Yeah. Yeah. And you get Easter egg and you put it in that and you oh. get melted chocolate, hot jaffle, triangle hot sandwiches. Oh, like an Easter egg sandwich. Okay. Oh, that is really, really good. I could get Try into that. that. I yeah. could definitely get into that. And as well, another thing I'm doing, I'm going to be melting some down into hot chocolate, which I'm really excited about. I'm very excited about that. So when will you do that? Will you do the milk first and then throw the Easter egg in or are you literally melt it yeah, down the chocolate? Yeah, I think it has to then... be done on a hob, so okay. in a pan and properly melt it down like they do in the real chocolate shops. Hey, Aoife, who am I kidding? I'm not going to be having <laughs> any leftovers. <laughs> I'll probably be calling you tonight going, hey, Aoife, can I have some of yours yeah. to give out to other people, please? <laughs> but if you're not uh, eating chocolate all next week like I will be doing, you, Graham and Nathan have something exciting coming up. I know. I'm so excited about this. Um, oh, I gotta get it wrong, like I just did there. There's <laughs> gonna be a gotta get it wrong after dark. Tune into Graham and Nathan to find out more about that next week. Yeah, so That's, excited for yeah. that. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. The Eurovision Song Contest is happening in Turin, Italy from the 10th to the 14th of May and going over to represent Ireland with That's Rich. It's a fab pop song that I think could actually win it is our very own Brooke. 
Brooke, welcome to the show. It's so fab to be talking to you. Oh, I hope you're as excited as I am. I love Eurovision. It has everything. It has cheese. It has fun. It has sequence. Like what is there not to love about Eurovision? Have you always been a massive fan? Massive fan. Like the first time I actually ever watched it was whenever Lordy won and they were dressed up as monsters. So I was genuinely terrified. <laughs> so yeah. like, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a smooth sealing start for me. But then obviously I fell in love with um, Fairy Tale by Alexander Ryback. You know, the boy with the, with the violin. Yeah. I swear I fancied him so much. And then ever since then, I was like massive in the Eurovision. We all know you won the vote to represent Ireland, but how do you get to that stage? So basically, I was in The Voice UK 2020 and I came third. So there really was, this is hilarious, like no prospects for me whatsoever with COVID. Like I had no opportunity to sing live anywhere. I didn't have my own music. I didn't have anything. Like I went into the show because my friend put me in. I genuinely didn't think that this was going to be my life or my career or that I was anywhere near anyone in the industry. So hold on a sec, Brooke. You entered, uh, your friend entered you in The Voice UK. You're trained yeah. by Megan Trainer. You go to number mm-hmm. three and then the world... <laughs> shuts down. So for someone who wasn't sure about having this career, has a taste of it, then gets it taken away. How are you feeling? You know what? You've just literally hit the nail on the head. I had a taste of it and then I literally lost it all. Like it went from up a mountain crashing down the other side. And there's nothing more humbling than that ever, I can assure you. Like I really desired it then. I really, really knew that this is what I wanted to do. And then it felt as though I wanted it even more because I couldn't have it. So that led me to start writing my own music. And that's really where the journey starts for me. Like I know everyone says, oh, the voice, blah, blah, blah. I genuinely didn't have any career before that. Like I had no no expectations or anything. Like as soon as the chairs turned, whenever I had done my blind, that's when it all started to go south because I was like, oh no, what do I do now? But like now it's just so, it's so real. And I'm getting to live this dream again. Like your vision has just reignited everything for me. And it's just the craziest journey in the world. I really wish you could actually see it from my perspective because in the past few weeks, I've been to London, Barcelona, Amsterdam, Tel Aviv, like singing to crowds where people know my music. Like that's, that's insane. So how does that happen? Like, do you basically go on a Eurovision tour so people start to know your music? So when you perform that that's rich on the stage, it's not really the first time countries have heard it. Is that why you're going to all these different countries? It's basically like, I wrote the song last year, last January. Yeah. Like that's when I read, wrote the song, everything. People actually leaked. I wasn't even, I didn't even announce I was like, on Eurovision. People worked it out. No, I don't know how. They leaked it from New Zealand. <laughs> it's not even in the Eurovision. Like you have no idea what we're dealing with here. Everything I say to you right now, people are going to like go and analyze this interview and like work out spoilers for the performance. The Eurovision fans are in a league of their own. Everything, I, everything I'm everything i doing now is like hyper-analyzed, which is so funny. So they leaked the song. Out of 400 songs, this song was chosen as one of six to like compete in the national final for Ireland. And loads of people have since been following my like every performance and they've been like, she's improving, she's getting so much better. I'm liking where this is going. So it's basically like going from primary school, graduating the whole way through to university in the space of like two months. I I absolutely love it. I really, and I'm not saying that this because you're here or because I really (laughs) want the Irish and the Australian to do really well. Um, But I really do think that finally we are in with a chance. Like this is a song that could take it. Are are you feeling that? 
I, I feel like my aim right now is to qualify. Like, so I'm on the semi-final on the 12th of May. Like, if I get through to the final on the 14th, I'll already have done my country a service because we haven't been qualifying um, hardly ever and people have written Ireland off a lot in the past. Yeah. I feel like people have definitely, with the with the help of the public vote, people have definitely unintentionally been more um, involved in the competition this year. They've watched my journey through. And through that, it shows like, People are more involved in Eurovision this year. Hopefully they are more hopeful um, with this song, this new sound that Ireland's putting in. I feel like it'll definitely get us recognised because it's so different from yeah. anything that Ireland's ever submitted. Yes, people are going to be like, you know, um, apprehensive at the start, but it's really where it needs to go. Like, I think uh, confidence is really key and that's the whole European, like, you know, that's what you have to really deliver. You have to really deliver the song. And I feel like I can do that. Oh, so do I. I think hopefully, hopefully I can win some people over and I can qualify for the final. Um, Louis Walsh said, you might qualify, but you won't win. So, I mean, anywhere. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I appreciate that, honestly. I love the man. He made the, it was the best day of my life meeting him. But it gives me a goal, you know, to yeah. strive for something. Well, something you know, high. I, I think you have the song. And if you don't win, it's not because of you. So just go in there, enjoy it all. When do you take off? I'm going to Madrid this weekend and then I am doing a show in Belfast and then I'm doing the Late Late Show and then I'll go to Italy on the 2nd of May. Brooke, enjoy it all. We are following you and supporting you big time. Oh, thank you so much. Let's go. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. I know maybe for the past two or three weeks I've started this segment off with I'm excited with what you're bringing me, Aoife, but another (laughs) week of great music. You can tell summer is right around the corner. I know, and I know I've been hitting you with a lot of dance tracks in the last few weeks. And I haven't been complaining. I know, but I thought it was time for something a little bit different this week. We have two big new songs from two big female artists at the moment. The first one, I am so bloody happy she is back. (laughs) We have a new track from Lizzo finally. It's called About Damn time. It is about damn time that she's back. That is brilliant, Aoife. Something a little bit different from Lizzo. Very disco-y, very Nile Rodgers chic kind of sound, but very summery. I'm really, really, really liking that. So she does actually have a new album coming our way as well. This is the first single she's teased off it. The album is called Special and it's coming out on July 15th. I cannot wait. And it's been a big week for her as well because this week as well she um, released her size-inclusive shapewear brand, oh. which is called Yit Yitty, I think. Yeah, I'm right, Yitty. It's called Yitty. <laughs> So it's a collaboration with um, active wear brand Fabletics. So oh, a lot cool. is happening for Lizzo yeah, right now. Very excited to have her back. Can't wait to hear more singles off that album. Someone else I'm really excited to hear new music from. We've been playing quite a bit of Lauren Spencer Smith on this station with her song uh, Fingers Crossed. I absolutely love it. She's just released another new track and it is called Flowers. I guess the flowers aren't just used for big apologies I guess I should have been more conscious how you spoke to me Cause when we fight you give me space and I communicate And for a while I thought that's what I should appreciate Maybe I was holding on to what I thought you were But when 
When you think too hard, eventually it starts to hurt The version of you in my head now I know wasn't true Young people fall for the wrong people Guess my one was you Aoife, isn't that gorgeous? Absolutely stunning. I have to admit, I know nothing about Lauren Spencer-Smith, but I love everything I hear that she puts out. I was the exact same. I didn't know a whole lot about her. She was someone who did actually blow up on TikTok um, when she shared a clip of Fingers Crossed, the song that you'd hear often here on this station. She shared a clip of that on TikTok and it blew up. Up. You can and understand why. They hadn't even done a proper version of the song. So within a month, they turned it around and got it released. And now this is her second one. But she was also on American Idol in 2020. No way. Yeah. She's been kind of, she's been picked up here and there. She did a cover as well of, um, you know, Always Remember Us This Way from the movie with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Oh, What's a star is born. born. Yeah. Uh, she did a cover of that when Lady Gaga brought that out and got picked up by Steve Harvey. She was on his show. So she's kind of popped up over the years and I'm hoping now she's here to uh, to stay because I'm loving her song. She's a bit, you know, the way everyone loved Olivia Rodrigo for like the heartbreak anthems. Yep, yep. I think if she brings out an album, it'll be very similar. Wow. Okay, so it's Lizzo, Lauren Spencer-Smith. They're up for the Bliss Mofile single of the week. Head over to our Insta stories at official spin 1038 while you take that poll, I'm so excited about this third one. I would have put this one on there as well, I think. I know, I know. But I thought the two girls let yeah. them at it. And, but I'm absolutely loving this new one. It's from Craig David and Duval. It is called My Heart's Been Waiting For You. That is such a banger. And I have to say, Aoife, um, without this sounding mad, when someone says that, it means that he's going to sound mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Craig David, when he started off, yes, we all loved his music, but he was a bit cheesy. I always thought, oh, he's not going to, you know, go very far. That's a really terrible thing to say, but I thought it was going to be like a one-hit wonder. Yeah. But he's been able to reinvent himself, go out and play all the big clubs. Yeah. And still make himself relevant and produce stuff like this. His stuff in, like, probably was it the early 2000s? Yeah. Uh, was quite cheesy, but it was very of the time. Yeah. But you have to remember, he also had that song Rewind. Yeah. Which was a banger. And, and it still from is. That, it if still you hear is, it, you're it really up dancing. Is. From that, I think, then he started getting residencies in Ibiza and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's still amazing, and I love that track. And what I also love is this, Aoife. Come on. you ready. Aoife's dance track of the week. Just clap your hands to the beat. <laughs> I love this time of week. I know everyone is excited about new Lizzo music, but I am more excited about this, I have to say. Jamie XX is back with his first track since 2020. It is called Let's Do It Again. That's my Bliss and Miffle single of the week. Oh, it's so good. And just if you're not aware, Jamie XX is, of course, a member of the XX, but he has his own solo career as well. But I brilliant. know the rest of you are very excited about the other new music we have this week. So happy you voted for this one. It is the new one from Lizzo. It's called About Damn Time on the Bliss Files. I am 
loving that and also loving that you voted that your Bellissimo Files single of the week. Lizzo is back with About Damn Time. If you want to hear that and more of the new music, make sure you head over to our website or app, uh, Spin1038, and you can catch our Fresh Hits playlist over there. And it's a big weekend for uh, music. Ed Sheeran yeah. is playing Croke Park next weekend. If oh, it's going to be brilliant. We're I can't so wait. excited. We're going. But if you don't have tickets yet, listen in to Peter Collins on Tuesday from 10 o'clock when he's going to be hooking you up with some tickets to Ed Sheeran. Can't wait to see him before I know. Live. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, Aoife, that brings us to the end of this week's show. If you missed anything this week, you can catch it back up on our website, including chats with Sienna Miller, Rupert Friend and... Mary and Romaine from Selling Sunset. Edge is up on spin1038.com. Aoife, enjoy chocolate weekend. Oh, you too. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go uh, hock into one now. See ya. <laughs>